0: Good afternoon and welcome back to another episode of Trevor Talks here on the Ram Radio at Angelo State University. Uh, It's great to be back. I was off the air for a couple weeks there because of the uh, weather situation going on here at Angelo State, uh, which caused the whole campus to be closed for almost two weeks, which was insane. Um... The whole time, I mean, we had various combinations of no water, no power, uh, water that we had but couldn't drink, and it was just a very bizarre situation for a whole, like, 12 days there. Uh, However, on that note, uh, I do think that the university did a great job handling uh, the situation, um, it was, it was very weird, but they did manage to handle it in a way that it worked. Uh, they had the ASU mall plowed, you know, so you could walk down it without worrying about slipping on ice or anything. Cause they shoveled the ice and snow off of it. Uh, they dropped ice melt on the stairs so that you wouldn't slip on stairs. Uh, when the water didn't work. They ordered porta potties so that people could still use the restroom. And uh, when entire dorms, uh, such as Texan Hall and Centennial Village, were without power, uh, they opened up vacant rooms in other dorm halls for those people to go into uh, and supply them with mattresses and, and this, that, and the other. Um, they had bottled water for everybody which was good when the tap water was not safe to drink or when there was no tap water to drink. Um, so, yeah, it was it was just very bizarre, I think is the best way to put it, uh, but it was definitely handled well. Uh, and we didn't run out of food. The calf was still cooking up meals every day. Uh, there was one point where they kind of ran out of pizza dough which was unfortunate because everybody loves the calf pizza. It's very good. Um, And they were able to kind of improvise. So instead of making calf pizza, pizza dough, they borrowed the extra flatbread from the Subway in the UC because the Subway and the whole UC did not have electric power, so they couldn't cook anything there, and they just brought that flatbread over to the calf and started using it as pizza crust, so that was cool. Um, there was a time when they were even cooking hot pockets in the, the pizza oven there in the calf. Um, so it was, I think it was just a, overall a very good, um, case and example of taking things as it comes and rolling with the punches and doing what needed to be done to help everything. Uh, so that was that, that was a good, interesting two weeks. And then I ended up down in Orlando last week for a conference. Uh, So I was headed down there and uh, I was on a a full flight. It was pretty interesting. So I had to fly to Houston, of course, first and then uh, have a quick layover there and then fly on down to Orlando. And uh, this flight to Orlando... It was operated by the Boeing 737 MAX 9, which was only recently uh, reapproved by the FAA to uh, operate flights again after being grounded by nearly every, uh, or actually not nearly every, but every aviation government authority in the world uh, after a couple of crashes that had happened with the aircraft. Um, so it's only been back in service with United Airlines for a little bit less than a month at this point, uh, and they're operating it out of the Houston and Denver hubs just to kind of get used to it and, uh, you know, slowly integrate it back into the fleet plans. Um, but United is optimistic about the aircraft, and a couple days ago they actually announced that they had put in an order for 25 additional Uh, 737 MAX 9s. I believe they operate the MAX 8 too, but I haven't been on that one yet. Uh, So we're getting on the plane to Orlando and it seemed like everybody else on the plane, uh, at least 75% of these people were going to Orlando to go to Disney World. And I think it's very refreshing to understand that uh, recreational travel and leisure travel are coming back. Uh, people are going on vacation again. And uh, we're kind of getting towards the the beginning of the end of the COVID pandemic here, uh, which is very refreshing to notice. And uh, it didn't really hit me that I was doing this Orlando trip wrong until I was getting on the plane and... Uh, there was like a family getting on the plane in front of me and as they were walking on the plane, you know, when, when you walk on the plane, you have to kind of stop and wait for people to put their stuff in the overhead bins. And there's a little bit of a traffic jam and everything, but, uh, we're stopped there. And with this family in front of me, one of the, the little girls saw another little girl, uh, sitting in a seat already, uh, with this cool, like Elsa on a frozen mask and, she was like, "Wow, I love your mask. Are you going to Disney World too?" And uh the other girl, and these these girls can't be more than like 6, 7 years old. They're they're young. And she was like, "Is there any other reason to go to Orlando?" And uh at that moment, I was like, "Wow, you know, maybe I shouldn't be going to Orlando for a conference. Maybe I should be going to Orlando to hang out at Disney World instead." Um, unfortunately that wasn't the case, but I think Disney world's definitely on the to-do list. I'll have to get there at some point. Uh, it looks very fun, but yeah, so I got into Orlando and I had a few hours to hang out that day. The conference didn't start until the following evening. So I had a solid 24 hours that I could just hang out and do whatever. And I was looking into it. Uh, I was actually considering going to, Disney or Universal or something while I was there. I was really inspired by what that girl said, you know, is there any other reason to go to Orlando? And of course, I was kind of posting on uh, Snapchat about this whole trip the whole time. Anyway, uh, due to popular demand, I actually created an extra story on my Snapchat called Trevor's Travel Vlogs. uh, And it's essentially just me talking about and showing everything that I do in a standard day Uh, of travel, whether it's waking up early, going to the airport, going through security, uh, things of that nature, some of the wild stuff that happens on a plane, um, you know, things of that nature, cool pictures out the window, looking at the pretty clouds, uh, all that stuff. And people enjoyed hearing uh, about the stuff that happens while I travel. Um, So I went ahead and made an extra story for people who are specifically interested in that to watch if they want to get spammed with all the interesting details about everything going on. And uh, so I'm, I'm posting about all this stuff going on the whole time. And a lot of people were like, well, you're in Orlando. You have a few hours of free time. You should go to Disney World. And I, I actually seriously considered it. So I was looking at the website, looking up how to buy tickets, how much do the tickets cost? What do I need to do? This, that, and the other um, and unfortunately what a lot of people said is that going to Disney world during the pandemic is just not worth it. Uh, because the lines are insanely long now that they can only have like half as many people on each ride. Cause they have to be socially distanced and all that. And then beyond that, you have to make dining reservations at least a couple months in advance. If you want to, go into any of the fancy restaurants there at the, and inside the park. And then in addition to that, the, uh, you can't really take pictures with the people dressed up as various Disney characters. And if you do want to take pictures, you can't stand right next to them and you have to, you can't take off your mask for the picture and, and on and on and on. Um, and so I was reading about some of the reviews for it on TripAdvisor and some other uh, sites because I didn't want to go off just a couple of negative reviews. I wanted to kind of get a, a larger overview, but they were all basically the same. The general consensus among everyone uh, was that it's not worth it to go. Tickets are like $100 per day. I was only going to be able to go for like six hours anyway. So a hundred dollars for a full day ticket and then only being able to go for six hours just doesn't really make sense. Uh, you know, obviously you want to get your full money out of it. Um, and then beyond that, all of the restrictions that are in place just kind of suck the fun out of the whole experience. Um, and I understand that the restrictions are important, you know, they need to, need to have them to keep people safe or whatever. But it's it's just really inconvenient. So I think that at some point, I will eventually get to Disney World. But it's going to have to happen um, sometime after all these restrictions are lifted. Uh, and finally, a lot of other people were also upset that, uh, that the way that Disney kind of managed things for some, some certain ride. It's called uh, – it's like the Star Wars um, Stormtrooper thing or whatever – and it's some kind of Star Wars themed ride. Uh, and everyone wants to do it because it's cool and it's got Star Wars and blah, blah, blah. But the problem with it is that uh, the tickets are kind of in a lottery system. So you don't really know if you're going to be able to get tickets or not. Um, and they they run like three or four lotteries a day. And, you know, you, you try to get in there and see when you're going to get a ticket, when what time it's going to be. Um and they only run those lotteries like four times a day, and when they do, the tickets are usually gone within seven tenths of a second because it's it's full of thousands of people who are constantly refreshing the page, waiting for that time to hit perfectly, and then everyone clicks the button at once, trying to get tickets and and it's uh it's really messy, and a lot of people were saying, "Well, you know you can make dining reservations." a couple months in advance why can't we make ride reservations a couple months in advance um even more so because a lot of people only want to go to the park to ride that ride the star wars thing because it's new it's cool and whatever um so for all of these reasons i elected to not go to orlando or not to orlando i was already in orlando i elected to not go to disney in orlando and uh, I looked into Universal also, and I just – I didn't think that Universal was going to be as cool as Disney. Uh, so I just kind of hung out in my hotel, worked on some homework, uh, did some classes online and everything, uh, and that was that. So a few days later, trip in Orlando's done, went to the conference, did classes online, this, that, and the other. It was a good time. Orlando is a great place to be. Um, uh, but then it was, it was time to head on out, right? And I was going to have to come back here to Angelo State. But when I was planning this trip, I decided to make an extra jaunt over to Key West uh, for a very specific purpose, which I'm about to discuss. Um, but the way of getting there was interesting. So I like to fly a lot. A lot of people know that. Uh, I frequently talk about it, but flying is very fun. Um, and there was this one specific type of aircraft that I hadn't flown on yet called the Saab 340. And the Saab 340 is a really small passenger uh, regional jet. It's, got a, it's powered by a couple propellers, and uh, it only seats 34 people. But this plane, a long time ago, like 10, 15 years ago, I'd say about 15 years ago, was very prevalent in the regional jet fleets of every major airline in America at the time. So, you know, the the current big three, Delta, United, American, they all operated the Saab 340 in their regional fleets. Uh, Airlines that don't exist anymore, like Northwest and Continental, also operated the Saab 340, It was operated so often, it was very common, Um, but as more efficient uh, jet aircraft in the regional jet market uh, have come out and they can seat more people, it made sense to kind of phase these out over time. Uh, However, there's one airline left in the United States that still operates the Saab 340, which is Silver Airways. Uh, Essentially, what they do is they operate small flights, typically about an hour, uh, between Florida cities and the Caribbean. uh, So like the Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, um, other, other, other places in the Bahamas, things of that nature, and Key West. And they have even been phasing out this plane because they're very old. Uh, Most of them came secondhand from these other big airlines after they retired them. Uh, And so Silver has been retiring them in favor of new aircraft. Uh, They like the ATR-42, which is a great plane. Also, I'll I'll talk about that in a minute, Uh, but it's a little bit larger. It's more fuel efficient. And so it's just a better fit for the airline than the current Saab 340s. So they've been phasing them out over the past year or so as they've been taking delivery of these new planes. And since I hadn't flown on the Saab 340 yet, I knew I was going to need to do that at some point. However, I didn't know exactly when I'd be able to. Um, And since I needed to be in Florida really to get on one of these Saab 340s, um, I'm not in Florida terribly often. I wasn't able to do it in July uh, cause I was traveling with other people then. And then back in December, I wasn't able to do it because I had a lot of other stuff going on and it was right before Christmas and, uh, all of that. And so I knew that this time I needed to, to do it. So I emailed silver and I was like, Hey, uh, I know you guys are retiring the Saab 340 soon. I want to fly on it before it's gone. Which routes do y'all still operate it on? And they emailed me back, and they were like, um, we only operate the Saab 340 on one flight a week. Uh, it's the Sunday afternoon flight from Fort Lauderdale to Key West. So that was cool. And I had, to, I had to look into it and figure out, you know, okay, so my conference is in Orlando. I need to get to Fort Lauderdale so I can fly on this plane down to Key West It's the afternoon flight, so I can't just fly into Key West and then immediately, like, turn around and fly somewhere else and come back to ASU that night because there's just not enough time. Um, So I knew I was going to need to stay in Key West, and I needed to get from Orlando to Fort Lauderdale. So, since Silver operates flights between cities in Florida, they do operate a flight between Orlando and Fort Lauderdale. And I was going to consider flying with them. They're code share partners with United. I fly United anyway, so it was going to work nicely. Um, But unfortunately, they didn't have any flights from Orlando to Fort Lauderdale in the morning. Uh, They didn't have it until the afternoon. And so if I booked on that flight, I would miss my connection to Key West by about 30 minutes. uh, And so I knew that wasn't going to work. So I needed to find where I could take a direct flight from Orlando to Fort Lauderdale. I knew they would have to exist. And I looked into it by opening up my flight radar app and just typing in, you know, Orlando to Fort Lauderdale. And it showed me a couple silver flights, of course, the ones that were too late where I'd missed my connection. Uh, And then a couple of Spirit Airlines flights. One of them was in the evening. One of them was at 7 a.m. So, what did I do? I flew Spirit from Orlando to Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale is kind of a, a spirit hub, and of course, Orlando's there. So, a lot of people are flying Spirit to get to Disney World and stuff, and they just have to connect in Fort Lauderdale. Um, yeah, so I, I had to book a one way flight with Spirit, and uh, the total for that came out to $37.41. Uh, Spirit is dirt cheap. Of course, I had to pay extra to to check my bag also, Um, and then on top of that, I had to pay an extra $4 to upgrade to Spirit's off-brand version of First Class uh, called the Big Front Seat, which is uh, a prime example of literal naming because that's essentially what it is. It, it, It really is just a Big Front Seat. Uh, the only thing about the first-class seats on Spirit is that they don't recline. Uh, so that was a fun flight. I enjoyed it. It was a it was a nice flight. And Spirit's off-brand first-class was very cool as well. Definitely worth every penny of the $4 I paid for it. Um, and even though the seats don't recline, the seats basically felt like uh, a domestic first-class seat on one of United's older Embraer 175s uh so like the ones that are operated by Mesa and just haven't had the recent uh retrofit with the new cabins and new seats and all that so it was comfy I enjoyed it the flight was pretty full it was it was cool so I get into Fort Lauderdale and I've flown through there several times before but I've never flown spirit into Fort Lauderdale uh so I needed to get over to Terminal 1 because that's where United and um, also Southwest and Silver all fly out of. Um, But I landed at Terminal 4. So I just had to walk out, grab my bag and uh, head over there to Terminal 1. They have a nice shuttle that takes you kind of around. But it's, it's not one of those airports that's a big connection hub. And so as a result of that, the whole airport isn't connected, uh, on the air side way. Whereas if you look at Houston's George Bush airport, everything is connected. You know, you can walk from terminal A to B to C to D to E, uh, and then back to A if you really wanted to, and everything's connected. You don't have to like leave security and go back through security. Uh, but I did in this case. So I got over to terminal one. I was ready to drop my bag off, uh, at the silver counter and they were like, sir, you're on the 4 p.m. flight to uh, Key West. And I was like, yeah. And uh, they were like, it's uh, 9.15 a.m. right now. You're, you're too early. And I was like, well, yeah, I, I know I'm too early, but I just happened to get in here now. It was the only way the timing worked out. Um, and they were like, okay, well, you can't drop your bag until f- four hours before departure. So I was like, all right, that's cool. And I ended up just sitting on the floor outside of security in the Fort Lauderdale airport for three and a half hours, uh, waiting until I could drop off my bag. And it was, it was, uh, getting close to lunchtime. And I ended up actually door dashing Taco Bell to the airport so that I could eat some lunch. I had totally skipped breakfast because my flight was at seven, uh, on spirit. But they board at 6:15, so I had to be at the airport at about 5:45 to get everything taken care of. It was a very fun experience. So after sitting on the floor outside of security for three and a half hours, I was able to drop my bag and go through security, and then I had four more hours to hang out inside uh, of the Fort Lauderdale Airport. Now this wouldn't be the first time I've hung out in the Fort Lauderdale airport for four hours. Uh, the first time I did that was back in July and it was closer to five hours. Um, so at this point, I kind of know my way around the Fort Lauderdale airport very well. Um, and I know where all the good stuff is and, and this, that, and the other. And so I knew where to go sit down, uh, and I was just doing some homework and everything for four hours before I got, well, three and a half. Cause you know, they board the flights a half hour before departure, Uh, but it was, it was a good time. And after that, I got on the plane, flew down to Key West. It was a great flight, you know, very pretty to fly over the ocean and and the Florida Keys and everything. And, uh, it was overall a, a great flight. And I checked the Saab 340 off the bucket list. Uh, once I got into Key West, I just went over to my hotel, hung out for a little bit. At that point it was dark. So I just did more homework and, uh, the next day I got up, I was going to have to get to the airport pretty early cause I was on like the 11 AM flight out of there. Um, and as a result, I didn't have a whole lot of time, but I got up and I walked to the post office so I could mail some postcards, get the Key West postmark on there. Uh, I love postcards and special postmarks. So that's very fun. And uh, from there, then on the walk back, I had to make a stop at the southernmost point in the continental United States, uh, which is it, – it really is just the southernmost point in the continental United States. But they have this really large kind of monument there that says southernmost point in the continental United States, and uh, you know everyone likes to take pictures by it, and I made sure to do that. So I got some cool pictures by it and then I kept walking back and I found a a little souvenir shop, Uh, bought a couple t-shirts, got one for me, got one for my sister. It was cool. Uh, And then I had to head back to the hotel. I took a quick shower then I grabbed my bag and caught my lift over to the airport. Um, And the Key West airport is actually really nice, um, which is kind of surprising for such a, a tiny airport like that. But they've got the new security machines and everything. You don't have to take stuff out of your bag. Uh, you know, at some airports, you have to, like, remove your laptop from your bag. You don't have to do that. You just you put everything in the bin, and the machines scan it all at once, and it's that's that. Um, but, yeah, it was a great airport. I had a lot of fun being in there. And uh, at that point, it was time to get on the plane and head out. And... So the fun thing about small airports like Key West, especially, is that you get to get on the plane uh, with air stairs or just by walking like straight up the the plane door stairs. And that's what happened here. And so obviously that's fun. You know, you get to get up right up next to the plane. You can take cool pictures and this, that and the other. So I was having a great time. Uh, Got on the plane. I had to fly back up to Fort Lauderdale. And the, the ATR-42 is a great plane. I think it's one of the nicest regional jets I've flown on. It's not even a regional jet. It's a little propeller plane, but uh, it, was, it was nice. It had a clean cabin, a lot of cool-looking uh, windows and, and everything. You got a great view out the window. Uh, and overall, it was a nice plane. I would totally fly out on it on again. And I wish that United would replace their CRJ-200s ...with the ATR-42. It would be fantastic. Uh, Yeah, so flew into Fort Lauderdale... ...and at that point... ...we had gotten there kind of early... ...and the first... ...flight out to Houston... ...was... ...about to board. And I was thinking about it... ...you know, should I get on this flight... ...to Houston now... ...and then continue on to Midland... ...and get back a couple hours early... Or should I, you know, stick with the flight I have booked and hang out in the airport for another three hours? Well, I decided to hang out in the airport for another three hours instead of trying to switch on to an earlier flight. And this was fine. You know, everything was cool. Um, so I, I left the C concourse, which is where United and Silver and everyone flies into, and made my way over to the B concourse where Southwest flies and Southwest does a really nice job of taking care of their concourse and stuff. And they have a cool uh, barbecue restaurant over there called whiskey river. And I knew that I was going to want to go to this barbecue restaurant and try a pulled pork sandwich because when I was there in July, uh, I was so busy and they were actually closed back in July uh, because of the, the COVID and all that. And I didn't have time to try it back in December because I was so busy. So I knew that this was finally the time to do it. Uh, so I'm over there eating my, my pulled pork sandwich and that's that. They also have this really cool thing. I think I've mentioned it before on here, um, but they have the belt buckle wall. And so it's, it's the wall of this barbecue restaurant and they really just took a couple hundred belt buckles and like screwed them to the wall. So it's it's a, that's just the way that they decorated uh, this particular restaurant is there are hundreds of belt buckles up on the wall. And uh, I like that a lot. I think it's a really cool uh, kind of design aesthetic or something. So it's, it's always nice to sit there and look at it. You can look at all the different belt buckles and see them. Some of them have people's names. Some of them have various company logos. Some of them are just... You know, cool shapes. Uh, they've got some, some cars in there. Uh, I know there's like a, a Ford Mustang belt buckle, and it's, it's overall just a really neat um, kind of piece of art uh, that they've got on the wall. But finally, it's, it's time. It's getting close to time to fly out, uh, and I get a notification from United. They're like, hey, um, your flight, your 8 p.m. flight uh, from Houston to Midland is delayed till um twelve thirty. <laughs> so I had this like four and a half hour delay on my next flight. Uh and I didn't want to do that. I didn't wanna have to have to do that. And I briefly thought about maybe just staying in Houston overnight at my house with my family and then flying to Midland the next morning instead of doing that delay. Um, but unfortunately, the the morning flight from Houston, Midland was already completely sold out. So I couldn't get on that. So I called up United and I was like, "Hey, my flight's delayed four and a half hours. That doesn't really work for me. Can you put me on the flight to Abilene instead of Midland?" And they switched me. I was on the flight to Abilene instead of Midland, and that was that. So finally, you know, we get on the plane from Fort Lauderdale to Houston, get into Houston. It's really cool um, and Houston is having some issues. So it's, it's storming like crazy in Houston, right? And so we're flying in and you can't even see the ground until we got to about 2000 feet because there was so much cloud cover and these storm clouds and everything. And this was actually my first time like flying through a storm where I could actually see it. Uh, I've flown through some storms before, but it, it was always at night. So I couldn't like really see the clouds and, and see all the rain and everything so this was a very interesting experience to be able to look out the window and and see the rain and all of that but it was cool so finally we land right and we pull up to the gate and we're getting off the plane and that's that um and i've got another friend who was flying in from somewhere else he was doing some other stuff And, uh, he texted me, he's like, dude, I'm, I'm like stuck on the ramp, you know, the plane at our gate has not left yet. So we can't, we can't go park. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. You know, where, where are you? I landed at, uh, we parked at C4, you know, the fourth gate and the C terminal. And he was like, that's wild. We're supposed to park at C4. (laughs) But they had to move the plane that I was on out of the way so that his plane could get in there because the plane that was at the gate he was supposed to be in couldn't park. And uh, so to make things more interesting beyond all of the planes who are having to uh, kind of get lined up on different runways and everything and take bizarre approach patterns because of the weather, the train broke. There's this train that runs between all the terminals at Bush Airport. So if you need to get between terminals and you don't want to walk it, you can just hop on the train and it'll take you there. Well, it stopped working. And uh, it was crazy. And so after this happened, I got a notification on my United app. They were like, hey, uh, you know, we've got some weather issues going on, slight delay, your flight to Abilene's delayed by a half hour. You know, no big deal. I'm not, I'm not really concerned about a half hour. That's fine. And, uh, you know, a little bit later, I was sitting there. I had, I had went over to the Terminal B Waterburger at the Bush Airport and got me a patty melt I'm just sitting there waiting through this delay. I've got about an hour until I need to get on the plane. And they sent me another notification. They're like, your flight's delayed another 15 minutes. Uh, now we've got some maintenance issues going on. I was like, all right, cool, maintenance issues, 15 minutes, they're going to fix it, that's fine. Uh, and then about 20 minutes later, still eating my burger, and uh, I get another notification. They were like, oh, your flight's delayed until 8.55 a.m. tomorrow. Um, and at this point, I was like, what? <laughs> so my flight got delayed 13 hours And, uh, I'm just, I'm in the Houston airport hanging out and I had to head on over to the customer service desk. Um, so normally in a situation like this, you know, they would give you your meal vouchers and a a hotel voucher, uh, since you have to stay in a hotel overnight due to the maintenance issues. Um, but due to the circumstances that I was in Houston and I'm from Houston, my family lives in Houston. I could just go stay at my house overnight Uh, so I didn't really need the hotel voucher. And of course with, with that kind of situation, you can't use the hotel voucher another day. Otherwise I would have taken it. That would have been cool. Um, you can only use it that night though. So I declined it, took the meal voucher though. And they're like, okay, well, since you declined the hotel voucher, we'll give you an extra $40 worth of meal vouchers. So I got like a total of $50 in meal vouchers in all. Um, and, and that was that. So my mom came to pick me up you know, head home, got to see my family again. It was awesome. Uh, waiting for the flight the next day. And, uh, so next morning I get back to the airport and I've got these $50 worth of meal vouchers that I have to go, uh, go through because you can only use them within 24 hours of when they're issued. It's not like I could hang on to them until another time when I'm flying through the airport again. And, uh, obviously I I can't just go through $50 worth of food by myself at, eight in the morning. Uh if it were later in the day, you know, they have a, a fancy steakhouse in the airport. Um I probably could have gone to and racked up a fifty dollar bill fairly easily. Um but it was breakfast, so they weren't open yet. And I wasn't gonna be there later in the day when they were open and, and this, that, and the other. So I spent ten dollars of the meal vouchers at the Chick-fil-A, got me a, a chicken biscuit and some lemonade and a yogurt and that was, that was nice. But then I still had like $40 worth of these things left. And, uh, so what I ended up doing is I had to go to the Starbucks and just load up on stuff that I could use later. So I got a, I got a latte, you know, I figured I might need a latte to, to stay awake and everything. Cause I was tired and that was about $4. Right. And then I just started piling on other stuff. So I ended up with a bunch of Starbucks biscotti. Uh, I bought out all of their Starbucks mint gum. And then I started adding bags and bags of Starbucks popcorn and all this random other stuff. Because you could use it on any food items. You can't use it on Starbucks merchandise, like the mugs and whatnot. But you could use it on any food items. And uh, they didn't have any bags of coffee. If they had bags of coffee, I would have bought it. But... um, Yeah, so I ended up with uh, $35 worth of Starbucks snacks that I could just keep in my dorm room cabinet or whatever for some time when I need a snack. Uh, And and that was that. So finally got on the plane, flew into Abilene. Uh, My friend picked me up, brought me back here to Angel State, and it was great to be back. Um, But yeah, so that is how my Orlando trip went. Uh, I ended up in Key West as well, of course, which was very fun. I would totally recommend going to Key West. Uh, It's a beautiful place to be, and it's nicknamed the Caribbean of America because it's basically the Caribbean. Uh, It's 90 miles away from Cuba, and it's, of course, part of the continental United States. So you can go to a pretty Caribbean beach without a passport. Um, And of course, now, uh, in order to return to the United States, you have to have a negative COVID test before they will let you back into the country. Uh, So you don't have to get a negative COVID test to come back into the country from Florida. Thank you so much for listening to my radio show today about my interesting trip to Florida. I really appreciate it. Uh, Remember, you can listen to Trevor Talks live on TuneIn Radio at 3 p.m. Central or anytime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.